The scripture reading will be taken from 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, and I'll be reading from the King James Version. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that ye have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Good morning and welcome to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. As always, if you're visiting, we are thankful that you have chosen to be here. We encourage you to come back and be with us again. If you are in the process of looking for a church home, please give consideration to the work here. We would be honored to have you work with us on a regular basis to expand the borders of the kingdom in this community. We're going to be looking in just a moment at 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. I want us to think for just a moment or two about the theme, confident in the Lord. I really believe that as Christians, we should live with an air of confidence, In other words, we need to be the kind of people that are confident in who we are and what we are about. I like what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. At verse 37, he said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. To me, that stresses the idea of confidence in the Lord. Paul also said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians chapter 4. And then also in writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul said, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. How confident are you in the Lord? Do you know that heaven will be your home? Sometimes I fear that as Christians, we are somewhat hesitant to state, I know I'm saved. I know that if I die today, I'll go to be with the Lord. And so with that in mind, I want us to look at verses 11 through 13 of 1 John chapter 5. The first thing that I would call your attention to is the promise of eternal life. And this really has to do with the surety of eternal life. John said, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Now I want you to think for a moment about the surety of eternal life. How do you know that you have eternal life? How can you and I know that what the Bible says is true? How do we know that what the Bible says relative to eternal life is true? Well, I think we have the testimony of, first of all, the Son of God, that is, the Savior himself. Jesus said in John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus talked about 
everlasting life, eternal life. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. In John 14, verse 6, again, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus talked about eternal life. And so when you and I contemplate the seriousness of this subject, and when we think about whether or not we can be confident relative to this subject, we need to look to the testimony of Jesus, the Son of God. But then also there is the testimony of the saints. For example, the Apostle Paul, in writing to Titus, said that we live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. So here you have Paul reinforcing this idea of eternal life, the very eternal life that John writes about here. In 1 John 2, verse 25, John said, This is the promise that he promised us, life eternal. Can you know that you have life eternal? Well, the Bible speaks about eternal life. We have the testimony of the Son of God, the testimony of the saints, but also the testimony of Scripture. I'm reminded of what Peter said to Jesus in John chapter 6, when many of Jesus' disciples were leaving him, the Bible says that Jesus then turned to the other disciples and said, will you also go away? And their response, Lord, to whom shall we go? Here's what Peter said, for you have the words of life eternal. Is it not the case that God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness? Everything that you and I need to know about life and godliness has been revealed in the pages of the Bible. John said in John chapter 20 verse 30 and 31, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Why was the Bible penned? Why was the book of John penned? So that we might develop faith in God. And there is a correlation between our faith in God and Jesus Christ and eternal life. When we come to accept the testimony that has been revealed and then respond in obedient faith, then we embrace the blessings of eternal life. So first of all, there is the promise of eternal life. But secondly, in our text, we have the place of eternal life. Now, the place of eternal life is in the Son or in the Savior. Look at verse 11. This is the testimony that God has given us. 
This is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So we're talking about the Son of God and the place where eternal life resides. Now let's just think about a couple of things first of all. When you begin reading the Bible, it becomes abundantly clear that there was the revelation of the Son of God. In other words, we're talking about his manifestation upon planet earth. John said in John chapter 1 verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John said that this eternal life that existed in the very beginning with God the Father was manifested on planet earth. Now when John wrote this book in the latter part of the first century, he said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which our hands have handled. And he said the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness that that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us He said, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that your fellowship may be with us. And truly, our fellowship is with God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. What was John saying? He was documenting the fact that they had seen the Son of God, that they had touched the Son of God, that they had audibly heard him. And so there is the revelation of the Son of God. Was Jesus... A historical figure, absolutely. Why do we need to have confidence in the fact that Jesus was a historical figure? But if if you don't believe that Jesus Christ ever walked on planet earth, it's going to be difficult for you to understand the importance of being a part of his body. And so there is the revelation of the Son of God, And then there is the reception of the Son of God. Look at what John says. He said, life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. In other words, you and I have to make a choice. Are we going to be receptive to the Son of God or will we reject the Son of God? Now, John tells us in chapter 1 that Jesus came to his own. That is, he came to the Jewish people. But they rejected him. But to those who did receive him, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God. Of whom John said were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now what about you? What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? Are you going to receive him? Are you going to honor him? Are you going to live for him? Or will you reject him, repudiate him, turn your back on him? John said that life is in the Son. Most people, religiously speaking, believe that life 
eternal life is associated with the Son of God. The point of difference between many people in the religious world and those of us who are members of the church is how one gets in to Christ. Now, the Bible says that salvation is in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy 2, verse 10. The only way to get into Christ is to be baptized into Christ. So when we're baptized into Christ, we become recipients of that life. Paul said, you, you're all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, that system of faith made you children of God. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Do we have to believe Jesus to be the Son of God in order to be pleasing to him? Well, of course we do. Hebrews 11 tells us that. Must, the, must we then repent of every sin? Well, of course. Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. What about confessing him before others? Well, Jesus talked about that in Matthew 10, 32. Why then be baptized into Christ? Because that's where salvation is. The blood of Christ was shed where? In his death, John 19, 34. In order for us to appropriate the blood of Christ, we have to go where it was shed. It was shed in his death. And so when we're baptized into Christ, we then procure the blood of Christ. That's why Paul said in Romans 6 verse 3, Know you not that all we who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. It is in Christ that we enjoy all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Now you have the revelation of the Son of God, the reception of the Son of God, and then redemption in the Son of God. Unless you're in Jesus, you're not redeemed. Redemption is only in Jesus Christ. Paul said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Salvation is in Christ Jesus. That's right. How do we get into Christ? We're baptized into Christ. When we're baptized into Christ, what then do we enjoy? Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We are delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's what Paul said in Colossians 1 verse 13. It is in that context that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1, verse 14. And so, you have the place of salvation. It's in the Son. Jesus is the only way to access a relationship with God the Father and thus enjoy eternal life. Now let's think in the third place of the peace that we enjoy through eternal life. This has to do with our security. Now look at verse 13. In verse 13, here's what John said. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now let me just pause here and ask this question. Do you know that you have eternal life? Are you confident about your eternal life? 
If someone were to pin you down today, and I mean if they were to sit down with you and begin to talk about your relationship to the Lord, and I mean really pin you down to the point of saying, if you died today, you're going home to be with the Lord, how confident would you be in affirming that fact? Now, many times we say, well, I hope I'm saved. Or, I think I'll be saved. Or, I feel like I'm going to go home to be with the Lord. But we're hesitant to affirm what the Bible says. Listen again to what John said. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now listen to him. That you may what? That you may know. That you have eternal life. Can I know that I have eternal life? Absolutely. Positively. I can know that I have eternal life. Well, how do I know that? Well, thank God for the scriptures. One way that we can know that we have eternal life is because... Of the book of the Lord. That is the Bible. John said, these things have I written to you. The beauty of the Bible is, this is our compass. This is our guide. This book right here is what guides us safely from planet earth to heaven. Now, if I follow this book and I live in accordance with what this book teaches, is it not the case that my ultimate destination will be heaven? Isaiah said, seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. Maybe one of the reasons we lack confidence about eternal life is we're not reading the Bible. We're not reinforcing these great truths in our life. We're not reminding ourselves of heaven's promises. So seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. God's word is intended to provide comfort and counsel to our hearts. It's intended to give us assurance. When you come to the close of your life, Think about all of the books that have been penned and all of the things that have been written. What's going, to, what's going to bring you the greatest source of comfort? The writings of Shakespeare? The writings of some other well-known author? While we may benefit from their literary pen... What's going to bring us the most comfort is what the Bible has said. I think about the words of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Do we believe the teaching of the Bible. Now John said, I've written these things to you 
who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I can know that I have eternal life. Another passage of Scripture. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, Paul said, The Spirit himself beareth beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, what's Paul saying here? He's saying that if I take the teaching of the Holy Spirit, which is the Bible, and I analyze the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the Bible, in light of my life, I can tell whether or not I am a child of God. If I have done what the Bible says I must do to obey the gospel and to live in accordance with the will of God, then I'm a Christian. I'm a child of the living God. Nobody can take that from me. If I live in accordance with the teaching of the Bible, and if my life harmonizes with the teaching revealed by the Holy Spirit, then I'm a Christian. And so Paul said, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Bible is the mirror to the soul. When I look into the perfect law of liberty, I can see whether or not I have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell whether or not I've truly repented of my sins. Whether or not I've confessed the name of Jesus before others, been baptized into Christ for the remission of my sins, and whether or not I'm living faithfully. So the book of the Lord is something to think about as we contemplate the peace that we enjoy through eternal life. That is the security available to us. How are we secure? Through the book of the Lord and then secondly, through our behavior in the Lord. In 1 John chapter 2, John said, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Once I become a Christian, I'm not at liberty to just live as I please. I'm not allowed to use the grace of God as a license to sin. But rather my life is to to be lived in conformity to the will of God. Does that mean then that I'm going to be perfect That I'm going to be flawless in every decision, in every action, in every word? No, it does not. But there is a manner of life, there's a course that I'm in pursuit of. Now John said in chapter 1, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of his son Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. As long as you and I are striving to walk in the light. In other words, as long as we're trying to do our very best. We may get knocked to the ground, but we rise up, dust ourselves off, and move forward. When we do that, we're walking in the light. When we acknowledge our shortcomings, our failures, John said, you remember, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In chapter 2, In chapter 2 at verse 1, he said, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sins, let him know he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What's John saying? He's saying the divine ideal is that we rise above sin. 
Sin is not going to be a part of our life. But, he said, if you do sin, if you do stumble, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What's John saying? If we're walking in the light, the blood of Christ continues to avail in our lives, and we have the hope of life eternal. There is continuous action. There is a progression that is ongoing in the life of a believer. Note again verse 13. These things I've written to you that you be, that these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may what? That you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Here's this progressive action. When you become a child of God, you're just getting started. From that point onward, You're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The exhortation is to live a steadfast, faithful life in the Lord. And in so doing, the promise, the crown of life. How confident are you in the Lord? I really believe that for many of us, we're not as confident as we should be. We really fail to claim the promises of God. If God says that I have done what he has revealed for me to do and I am living in conformity to his will, why would I doubt? Why would I live with this air of skepticism, uncertainty, If anyone should be confident in this life, it should be a child of God. If anyone should have confidence in life and death, it should be those of us who belong to the Lord. Now I want to ask you, how confident are you in the Lord? You and I need to be confident. As Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul said, I know whom I believed in. That's the kind of confidence we need to manifest in our lives. Are you a Christian? Have you done what the Bible says to do in order to become a child of the living God? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Would you be willing to repent of your sins, confess his name before others, be buried with him in baptism so that your sins might be washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen? The Lord will then add you to the church, Acts 2, 47. If you live faithfully, the promise is the crown of life. Let me tell you something. When you obey the gospel, when you begin living the Christian life, and you're doing your dead level best, you're trying to live faithfully each and every day, I want you to live each and every day confident in the Lord, knowing the Lord has provided for you eternal life. If you're unfaithful to his will, why not come home? The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. We would be happy to pray with you and for you. God will abundantly pardon. Would you come as we stand and sing?